for Larry No Sports. My guest tonight, Central Time Zone, Middle West, Red Oak, Iowa. He is the Hawkeye. But his body is of a man, John Follow Blue. And I'm your host, Larry. p.m. 2022. Last night was game three of the NBA Finals. One, of course, by no one's Boston Celtics, at least no one on this program. I uh, Last week I said Warriors in five. That's obviously wrong. Um, whatever, Warriors in seven. Although, that's not <laughs> looking great. Uh, you took Boston in six? I said Boston in six reluctantly. I've yeah. been uh, thinking they were going to win from the start of the playoffs, basically. Actually, I thought Phoenix was yeah looking good. Um, and then once Phoenix struggled with New Orleans, I was like, yeah, this is probably Boston's to lose. And it sucks. It just sucks. Because Tatum and Brown are still young. I know. Like, they could win a bunch of them, and every one of them sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, it's. They're gonna be around for a while because another. If they had another bad year, then I think that those like break them up talks were gonna happen about Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Brown was awesome last night. Uh, I don't know what his actual stat line was, but he was great. Tatum doesn't even have to be like super amazing. No, that's the crazy thing. Like he could go off for forty five points in the next game. I mean, the way the Warriors are playing and probably not, but like, yeah, like the Boston's not even firing on all cylinders. Yes. Which was weird. And then, cause then of course, Golden State always has a great third quarter and they did that. They pulled ahead by one point, basically tied it up towards the end of the quarter, but it never, it never felt like even when Golden State got close, it, it never felt like they were really in it even though they te- were in it in terms of like having the chance to steal one, it, it always felt like Boston was outplaying them yesterday. Yeah. I think the intensity that golden state brought in game two is what Boston brought in game three and golden state just needed a few more seven point plays. Yeah. Right? Like that, that like Kerr's got to draw up like a, a few more of those. Now I, I don't know. I mean, obviously game four is going to, is going to be the deciding game. Like it is, if Golden State cannot deliver in Game Four, it's over. If Golden State does deliver, I still think it's probably going to be Celtics. But it's do or die now in Game Four um, for Golden State. I don't think they can beat them three in a row. I think that's too I, much. I think it's unlikely that they would beat them three in a row. Um, 
And I think just if, if Boston wins again, it's just more evidence of how good they are. So it would seem unlikely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's it's close to a must win for game four for the Warriors, but it's not exactly because they still only need to win one road game. Right. right. So they, they conceivably could come back from 3-1 down, but I don't know. Like Boston's yeah, just I mean, playing too well. The path there is they win game five, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then the Celtics are just young enough to start really feeling the nerves mm-hmm. in game six. Cause they're thinking, Oh, if we don't win tonight, then we got to go back. And then we're, and then they just kind of get out in front of their skis a little bit and, and, and choke it away. But so it's not, it's not impossible, but I would say it's improbable. Yeah. Um, I don't so. know. I mean, they're playing like Jalen Brown does not look like he's playing under pressure. Um, I think Marcus smart is built for this. Horford seems like he's he's enough of a vet that he's built for this. Um, yeah, Tatum, I could see choking under pressure, but I don't know. But I think I think the pressure of Game One of the Finals is huge. Mm-hmm. Like that's different than anything they felt before. But it's nothing compared to like Game Six and Game Seven. Yeah, like you just see every Game Seven ever, whatever round it ends up being a rock fight because everyone is just. Yes short arming stuff and it's just it's brutal even those games you look back on that were like amazing like oh i don't know um calves warriors yeah right in 2016 if you go back and watch that it's like both score i think both scored under 100 right oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) and they were just yeah there were there were some there were some amazing plays in the last minute but like there were some, some some tough basketball along the way Right, right. Well, Clay Thompson was awesome last night. Uh, didn't help the Warriors much. Actually, I mean, it helped the Warriors, obviously, but it didn't help them win. That, though, is is good news for them. I mean, I, I think Draymond was terrible last night, and I don't think he's going to be terrible two games in a row. Well, so, he's been terrible every other game so far. So, <laughs> Besides, was he... He wasn't no, no, he's been terrible too. every in alternating games. So oh, you're okay, got right. it. The even numbered games, he's he's money, he's good. So. Okay, so game four, Draymond, and uh, you know Draymond now the hate most hated player. Yeah, he's always been a hated player, but yeah. you know Boston, Boston crowd just getting on him probably because they know he can be gotten to. Yeah, and the Clay thing is, I mean, it's great that he got going offensively. But man, he is not the same guy on defense no. that he was. And that that is that is such that is such a thing. Like just to oh man, it, it's yeah. And he's also, I mean, he can really just shoot now. He can't really drive. Not that his not that drives were ever like a key part of his game. Right. But but he used like to post up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope Clay has another huge game. I love Clay. I think he's great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's an all-timer. And then I hope, I hope in the off season he has time to rehab and really come back strong next year, so he can be a great two-way player again. But that's not happening in the next (laughs) week and a half. So, yeah. Yeah, probably not. Uh, He doesn't have time between now and the next game to fly to Germany. 
<laughs> exactly. Get all of his platelets replaced. Right. So, um, yeah. And then Emmy Udoka. I mean, he's just, he seems like he's been there before and maybe he, has, I, don't, I don't know where is he, if he coached with Dallas last time they were in the championship or something as an assistant coach, but yeah, he's, he seems like a vet coach and the team's like taking on his personality. Everything is just bouncing right for the Boston franchise right now. Every, everything from like, it starts with, um, the nets falling apart. Right. Right. Cause that was actually a close series. Every Those game were four was close, close yeah. games. Um, but then Middleton gets hurt mm -hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. So they, they luck out because they were not better than the bucks. There's no way. There's no way you can convince me they were head and shoulders better than the bucks. You mean with, with Middleton? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The bucks, the regular season bucks, like bucks with Middleton, I think, um, win that series. Um, or at least, it's it's really 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 close. It's a it's a fifty fifty because that series really wasn't all that close, even though it went seven games. Because like Milwaukee just stole a couple of those games late, um, so Boston got lucky there. And then, yeah, I mean Miami was uh, with a healthy Lowry and who knows a healthy Hero the whole way. Um, I don't know. I think Miami could have taken them down too. They and could have, yeah. Just, but, but Boston's been good. I, I can't, I don't like them, but they have been really, really good. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, not only do they have, are their two best players, you know, entering their prime and they have a great coach and they have Marcus Smart uh, on a relatively cheap contract, all that. I feel like they have moves to make because they have all their future picks. Silly to be talking about the future of Boston when they're still in the finals right now. Well, they gave up next year's pick, right, for Derek White. They gave yeah. up a pick for Derek was it, White. It might have been a. Was it a? It was maybe a swap mm -hmm. and a first. It's a first and a swap. Yeah, okay. the swap's not till like twenty twenty seven or something. Okay, some way out. So the swap, first but. is for twenty three. It's either this year or next year. I can't remember which one. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, I, I guess aside from that, they have some. They have some moves remaining. But yeah, I mean, they got. Yeah, they've never been a free agent destination. Um, because Boston people are, you know, racist, but the, right. um, yeah, but Barry yeah. Bonds didn't want to go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're stocked. They, they're in really good shape. They can, they can make run, they can make a run for, you know, five years, mm -hmm. which is an eternity in the NBA. Yeah. And uh, I just looked it up. Boston, it is their 2022 first rounder to San Antonio. So after draft night, they'll have all their future picks. Yeah. Fun times ahead for anybody who isn't a racist. <laughs> uh, so, so what are you predicting for the final are you still sticking with Boston and I think it'll still be Celtics and six. I think the Warriors will get another one. Yeah. Um, I just think clearly like adjustments have been made by both teams between mm -hmm. games. Um, I think Boston has more adjustments to make. I think they've got more, you know, yeah. more bullets in the chamber. And I think that, yeah, I, I think they're, they're just, they're just better. They're just better. And so, I really, really hope I'm wrong and that the Warriors win game four 
then win game five and then, you know, close it out. I don't know. I, I would love it if the Warriors won this. Yeah. Um, I think unfortunately I'm, I'm going, I'm now I have to say Boston in six as well. Maybe yeah. Warriors. Yeah. Probably win game five. Um, but yeah, whatever. Hopefully they outshoot them. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about the Utah Jazz. Um, so they or they parted ways with Quinn Snyder, which is no surprise. That was kind of expected, and that like they had to kind of do something. And then Donovan Mitchell. Well, first of all, Danny Ainge says they wanted to keep him, and it was him who desperately. Said, yeah, which sounds like bullshit. I don't know. Um, and then uh, Donovan Mitchell says that he's very unsettled by the Quinn Snyder situation, which sounds like, oh, here's a great opportunity for me to say I'm unhappy here and get traded to a team. I mean, it's just yeah. like he, I mean, I think they still value Don, if they might, they might end up trading Donovan Mitchell, but they probably still value him enough where if he said, I want to keep Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder is probably still there. Oh yeah. I don't know that Quinn Snyder wanted to stay though. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I think, I think it's Brad Stevens part two, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like Quinn Snyder, awesome coach delivered like great results in the regular season and pretty they underperformed their seed consistently in the in the playoffs but they had some great series you know they 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 did some stuff and they they ran into some matchup issues a couple times mm -hmm. that were uh, unfavorable and that's that's basketball right i just think i think quinn snyder is like this team's not going anywhere yeah they he knows it's not going anywhere as constructed and he's like yeah i could probably just hang out maybe do some TV, maybe do nothing, yeah. and then I can get a better job. Yeah, maybe the, the move I'm thinking for Quinn Snyder is uh, to hope that the next few years are really bad for Duke, and then just then he comes in as the new Duke coach after the current guy gets gets fired. I forget the guy's name. <laughs> Shire. Is it Shire? Yeah. 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 That would be that would be hilarious. Oh God! I <laughs> but that's would, it's I too would, much of you know out of his control. He'll he'll get no another. Way. I don't think he wants to be a college coach though. Like yeah. I think being a college coach is is sort of like I think it's over. I think this the the era of these like old lion like college coaches like the um, Izzos and Shashevskys and Bayheims and like whatevers. I think it's just done because i now it's going to be it's one and done and if you're not one and done you're in the transfer portal mm -hmm. so basically it's like fantasy basketball every year and you just scramble to build a team and then it's all about managing that nil money and like i don't know i don't think it's i i think i think that i think it would suck to be a college coach i really mm -hmm. do because as annoying as your like, if you if you think Knicks fans are annoying, right? Like you love the Knicks, but mm -hmm. you can like see that Knicks fans are annoying, yeah. right? Sometimes they you some some are a little bit much. Can you imagine being at a college and dealing with the boosters? Like, 
they like that's like a pro sports super fan times a million yeah right like there is no no knicks fan there's no fan of any nba team that is as annoying to deal with as a booster right yeah, I would, and, I would not wish that on anybody. And then, and then with with the college team, especially in the one and done years, and with the NIL money, like who knows? Like they probably do have a chance to win every single year, or like yeah. they, they can make moves every single year to get them into into contention. Especially the blue bloods like Duke and what are what have you. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if like with coach K retiring and then the kind of surprising Jay Wright retiring. Um, I think yeah, that's, that's why Jay Wright retired. Yeah, I really do. I think he's just like F this. Um, I just don't want to do this anymore. And maybe he'll like, you know, maybe he'll take a pro job in a few years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think pro basketball, if you are an X's and O's guy, I think pro basketball is a more interesting place to be now. Cause the game there for a long time, the college game was really, interesting from like a player development standpoint and also it was like pretty cush right like like jim Beheim has won one title Mm -hmm. one friggin' title tom Izzo has won one title and these guys are like on a pedestal oh like (laughs) yeah and and so it's like it's like yeah you could just be there forever and whatever it's not that hard because you get your assistants to do all your recruiting. You don't have to fly around. You want 12 players on your team that you have to like focus, like you have to focus on maybe five or six of them versus a college football coach. We have 53 players you're trying to deal with and recruit. Yeah. I think it's just a totally question. I just don't think it is there anymore. I just think it's, I just think it's weird. And I think the game kind of sucks. Like watching it is just very hard now. Yeah. I guess like, I guess when I'm watching, I'm watching more of a, you know, the tournament is obviously always fun and right. I'm watching like who's, who are considered the NBA prospects. So that's right. Fun. So you're, yeah. that's fun. Exactly. Watching it with an NBA eye is fun. Right. And, but like, otherwise it's just like, Oh, these guys are so terrible. They think they can chuck threes and like, it's like <laughs> the most annoying play at your YMCA game, whatever. It's like, ah, don't stop shooting every time. I mean, they college used to be a good place for X's and O's because you'd have yeah. like, schools that had to um, just try crazy, like a lot of like experimental stuff and stuff that's now become mainstream in NBA X's and O's like kind of develop was, you know, kind of cultivated in college where like some random school was trying some weird zones or whatever. Yeah. The zone was a big thing that was the completely separated college from the pros. Yeah. When, when the zone stuff went away, like when the zone was, you know, the illegal defense or whatever went away in the NBA, that, that really narrowed the the gap. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other part of the X's and O's, is the player development and having guys like Jordan Bohannon, you know, stay for <laughs> six or seven years yeah. or no, but having like freaking Patrick Ewing was in college for four years. Yeah. Like Weber was there for two, at least, um, you know, some of these guys like and Jordan was there three. Jordan was there three. And like all the guys were all the good players stayed at least three back in the day. And then it was two. And then everybody was one. Yeah. Even the like crappy players. <laughs> yeah. Even, uh, well, Keegan Murray's too. Um, and he's not a crappy player. 
he's yeah. not crappy and he's also like 22 so yeah um but yeah like it's just it's hard to think of how great of like a championship game you could have when if you have these superstar players in their third or fourth year rather than in their first year where they could just flake out and just like just totally suck under pressure yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I don't think Quinn Snyder's headed that way, but he absolutely could be. He could, there, that, there could be like the cush part of it could also be very attractive. I don't know. Like he's probably, I'm sure he's got a family, right? Mm-hmm. But like NBA head coaching is a grind. Yeah. So, yeah. He, I'm sure he'll get another opportunity to coach because he's a good coach. And oh, yeah. what they did in Utah was very like. Their play, playoff, they always underachieved, but I think that's partly just because of how their roster is built and there's Rudy Gobert kind of limits you if you don't mm-hmm. have enough offense around him and other defenders around him. Um, they So they have a long list of coaching options. One of them is Johnny Bryant. I don't know if you know who that is, but he is he's currently in an assistant coach on the Knicks. Johnny Bryant... Oh. He, he played for the Utah Utes. He was an assistant coach in Utah from 2014 to 2020. Uh, supposedly, like, him and Donovan Mitchell have a great relationship, that, that kind of thing. He, got, he goes to New York as their assistant, and he's been considered the kind of coach in waiting to some degree, or that if, if Tom Thibodeau were fired, he's probably the guy who would be the interim head coach and then maybe full head coach. But now he might become Utah's head coach, which would maybe because they want to keep Donovan Mitchell happy. I don't know if they want to keep Donovan Mitchell happy, to be honest. But it, but it is, it's an interesting subplot there. Yeah, and I don't know which way they're going to go. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny because... Danny Ainge is a great basketball mind, right? Yeah. Like he, he gets it. He did a hell of a job in Boston. Um, got a little bit of a reputation for being willing to, you know, trade his own mother. Like um, <laughs> he's, he, he got, he got a little of a cutthroat reputation, which is, you know, that, that, that makes it a little hard for players to really um, have loyal, like loyalty in the other direction. Right. So, so I get that. Um, but he also knows the score, right? He knows that you, he, Boston was not a free agent destination. Utah mm-hmm. has not been and never, ever will be a free agent destination. So if I had a team in a you know, semi-major market that was constitute of Utah Jazz's players, I would trade Mitchell because mm-hmm. I can get the most value for him and I would figure out a way to ride out um, Gobert's contract with some creative, like defensive oriented teams um, that, and build around him. And probably, you know, you, you can maybe make a conference final with a team like that. Who, who knows? Mm-hmm. You could do some interesting stuff because Rudy Gobert has some, you know, pretty amazing skills. Um, but given you can't get anybody, to come there like because i'm out on mitchell i I, you know i was for mitchell i was Mm -hmm. team mitchell and i am i'm just so out at this point after this year and the playoffs and i think and all his 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 like 
you know, whining and complaining. It's, it's yeah. a little, it's a, it's a little subdued whining and complaining, but he's posturing a lot through his agents or whoever, or the media. And it's just like, I don't know. He's got nothing to complain about. Utah really invested in him and discovered him. Not to say he can't ever be on another team, but it's just, it's, it's a little noxious. I also didn't like when he like was mad at Rudy Gobert for starting COVID. Um, I don't know. That just seems like kind of ridiculous that they're sharing a locker room. It's not, it, I mean, probably as we know now, the touching of the mics didn't really do much. It's more just the right. the aerosols, but whatever. It, it seems like a little like after the fact complaining and like it wasn't really his fault that the NBA shut down or that he got COVID. Right, right. So, so in his game, I, I just think, I mean, I just don't think he tries that hard on defense. No, and doesn't. I think he plays too much hero ball on offense. Mm-hmm. And I loved him in the bubble. Like, he was so awesome in the bubble. And that series against Denver was just an all-timer. Um, but, man, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't want the Knicks to get him. Right. I really don't. I don't either. Um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna cost a lot, whatever, whatever the price is. And yeah. I don't, I don't think they should be doing it. Um, I mean, Utah is definitely going to ask for RJ Barrett, um, and the Knicks should not do that. And just like him and they're not going to want Julius Randle back. They're just going to want a bevy of picks and maybe like, uh, Obi top and Manuel quickly, that kind of thing. Mitchell and all Rand- this Mitchell work. and Randall on the same team would be terrible. No, terrible. But but all this work can be undone so quickly. All yeah. the like careful like roster construction that the Knicks have gone through mm-hmm. can be undone with one move. And if it if that move is either Donovan Mitchell or Dame Lillard, mm-hmm. like Dame goodbye, goodbye the next five years. Yeah, 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 and yeah because it's going to cost so many future draft picks. Then RJ is going to be, it's, you know, you, you do it, it, what they're, what they'd be getting is like maybe a playoff berth next round and next year and the year after, you know, kind of like what they did for Mello in 20, 2012. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a good idea. Um, So, speaking of Donovan Mitchell, um, thinking of uh, Jaden Ivey, uh, who's kind of a combo guard like him, I think they're they're decent comps. Um, Jaden Ivey's bigger, and um, but like they're both not they they can play point guard, they can play on ball, but like haven't really weren't real. Uh, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell's not really a point guard, a lead point guard, and Jaden Ivey has done it some, but, like, he only, he averaged something very low, like three assists per game. Yeah, well, season. they're both very shoot first. Yeah. Like, I, I would not want Jaden Ivey okay. as my point guard or Don Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but Jaden Ivey, at least you get the rookie scale contract um, and his size, and, you know, hopefully you could develop beyond that. I, I'm mixed on Jaden Ivey. Like it, it is. Oh, it I, is, I like him. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, I just, I think as a point guard, it would be, it would be like a Russell Westbrook situation, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, all right, 
you're going to be the point guard. You're going to make a whole lot of mistakes in this first year, but you're going to get better. And maybe he does. And if he, if he got to the point where he was like seeing the floor and like great point guard and then, and that athletic and that much of a scoring threat, like he does the Chris Paul where he only tries to score in the fourth quarter or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. After getting his teammates involved the whole way, he would be a, would be a yeah. monster star. Monster. Monster star. Because his finishing is just already elite level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think if push comes to self, the, sh- the trade we talked about last week, the three-team trade with Portland and Sacramento for the Knicks to move up to number four, I, I think I would do it. Because, I, I mean, I love the idea of trading Julius Randle, of course. But... <laughs> Yeah, just just get. He has a, such a high ceiling, Jaden Ivy, and and I think he's just like the type of player that they need. Uh, I mean, maybe they need more of a point, uh, a pass first, and kind of playmaking point guard. But I don't know. It, there's a lot there, and uh, maybe Sacramento will do it. I know. Still, a lot of talk about Port, both Portland and Sacramento wanting to trade their picks. So it's kind of there, but Sacramento maybe wants to get a win-now player, which they wouldn't be getting in this hypothetical trade? I mean, they should be getting a win-ever. Win-sometime-please player. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think think with Ivy, like, the thing is about this one year in college, like, you just don't know. You don't know if someone can develop, like, you know, the point guard, the pass-firstness and all that other stuff, because... Like he was the best option on a pretty good team. Yeah. Like Purdue was a pretty good team, um, but he was the best option. And so like, should he be passing more? Right. Right. I I don't know. So it's very hard to evaluate these, these guys. I would love him on the Rockets, except there's a lot of overlap with Jalen Green. Yeah. So I definitely don't think he makes sense there, but um, yeah. And he's just not as sure a thing as the, other you know the rest of the big three right so i feel like but i feel like he could be like an all-time steal at four um yeah yeah, i would love it if the knicks maneuver that get rid of randall and then bring in ivy um that would that would just i would love it it would love love it's also i i do think they have we've talked about this a lot i do think they have a good front office and they do have good like uh, secondary, like assistants in the front office, assistant GMs or scout leading or leaders of the scouting department. They they've hired a lot from Utah. They hired this guy Walt Perrin, who was their like head of scouting, and he's the guy who, uh, he was supposedly instrumental behind Utah getting Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, which are two amazing finds and amazing draft picks. Yeah, I mean so, Gobert is amazing. Gobert's yeah. amazing. I don't know that Mitchell would have fallen much lower than he did. Um, no, that, but, that's that's true. But Gobert, Gobert. But they did credit. trade for him. They did trade to get to that spot. Didn't they trade okay, with Denver? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I think they so, might have traded with Denver for the Gobert pick too, but I'm not, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gobert was like a, like a crazy find where they had him. And I think they did trade to get that um that pick for, uh, yeah, for Donovan Mitchell. It might have, yeah, I'm thinking, was it with Sacramento? 
No, I don't think so. Anyway, um, so I would, if he, you know, if they went through the workouts and the interviews, I would trust his opinion on that. And if they, if they get to the point where they think, okay, Ivy is the guy. So, you know, I'm not watching enough film or anything, or I'm not interviewing Jaden Ivy, though he's welcome on the show. Uh, to 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 measure his character, I guess. But if they if they decide as a front office that he's the guy, go get him, like go do it. That's why yeah. you kind of amass these draft picks, and they would say it wouldn't be. Tra- I mean, they'd be trading a future first and maybe the future Dallas first as well. Um, if Those Dallas first are going to be garbage. Yeah. So. yeah. so whatever, trade that. But if a future first of their own, maybe top four protected. Um, but it's not the farm. They're not trading the farm. So they'll still have they'll still have enough left in the cupboard to go after that star once uh, Barrett and Ivy develop a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. It would be a fun time. Um, yeah, you hear Phil Knight might be buying the Portland Trailblazers. I heard. I heard. I think that's. Uh, I think that's great. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that it's like a conflict of interest without really being a conflict of interest and yeah. stuff like that. Cause it's like, yeah, whatever it's. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a conflict of interest because it will, it turns out not to be because Nike is an actual good company and makes good jerseys and good, uh, fashionable sportswear. So, you know, they, they chose Nike before Phil Knight was, so right. if, if it was like, I don't know, they're choosing some like, you know, Tommy Under Armour. Yeah. Under Armour or Tommy Laren's athleisure wear company for the jerseys. You know, that's a conflict of interest. I guess it, the, the companies that might be upset by this in the future is like Adidas or some, yeah. someone else who now is, has less of a leg up to get some, uh, either shoe deals or but i mean i feel like those the shoe deals are all shoe deals are all individual yeah um and that's where the big money is anyway versus the the team contracts um the jerseys but yeah i mean i don't know i think i think um someone that's committed to the pacific northwest yeah um i don't think you're gonna find a guy more committed than than phil knight paul allen Um, at least well yeah May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> is it? It's still the Allen family that owns. Oh yeah, the it's like, I think his wife is the is in control primarily, um, mm. and and yeah, like I don't know. I think that's good. I think they should be in Portland. Yeah, I think they. I think the Trailblazers should be in Portland. Um, so just using that as a as a decision criteria, like Phil Knight is a great choice. Absolutely. So who, um, what has your top three changed at all? Or what is the, your current top three in the draft in order? I think, um, I think I'm, so the, the way, okay, hold on. Is it the top, the way I think the top three are going to go down or my three favorite players? Start with just your big board. If I had, if I had the first, if the Rockets had the first pick, I would want them to get Jabari. Interesting. Because um, you were I, Chet. Oh, I guess this is for the Rockets. Well, no, I went back and forth. I was yeah. Jabari, then I was Chet. Yeah. 
And then I was, then I was back to Jabari because Chet is too much like the Yao Ming thing where I was like, God, I don't even want him to take Yao Ming because he's like, he's the, this, the potential floor is too low. I'm, this drives me crazy. But the Yao Ming days were great until yeah. China destroyed him. Like that, I, it was, those were halcyon days. The guy played Shaq better than anybody, any other center in Shaq's career. Um, and he was, he was awesome. So, so yeah, I would, I'd be willing to accept the floor um, with Chet, but I, I really, I think I'm back on Jabari right now as, as the guy just, just, he can just get a bucket. Like he is just such a great shooter. I, I just, I just love it. I love it. And I feel like that's only going to get more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Chet can do some really crazy, interesting stuff and you can have some neat lineups where he's like, you know, where you're maybe he's your center, but he's playing out on the perimeter and your power forwards playing next to the basket or something like that. You can do all this crazy cool stuff with Chet. Um, but I feel like Jabari. Yeah. And Paolo is probably my third choice just because again, I don't know if he's, I just don't, I know he can get it done and he got it done in big games for Duke offensively. I just don't, I don't see the, the defense yet but yeah hopefully it comes so i know there are i mean there are people who have paulo bancaro number one on i know course. and I know. supposedly he has the most upside as a potential ball handler and a primary ball handler and playmaker i mean chet chet has that a little too jabari doesn't have that at all but i don't feel like chet can actually do that I yeah feel like that's like, that <laughs> that's like some urban legend yeah, yeah, like I mean, I think I think if you if you did it with him, you do it a couple times a game or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I just I don't see I don't see him being a true primary. Um, but people say that about Paulo, and so I've heard I've also heard people who have Chet number one and then have Paulo number two and then Jabari three, um, just because they, I think, and this is probably true that Jabari has the lowest ceiling it's still a great ceiling but i think the other two they could be mvp level players and jabari you know jabari possibly could be there too but he's he's never going to be a primary right and i and, and for the rockets i would take i would, that's what i'm really thinking i would think for the rockets i think he would be great because i think Jalen green is going to be a great primary i think yeah. um i think Jalen green is going to be awesome and, you know, another guy who's not as awesome, but also really, really great would compliment him perfectly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll be happy with any of them. I'll be happy with any of them. But yeah, I, um, yeah. You might get Jabari because I, I guess, yeah. What do you think the top, what do you think the order is going to be? I just don't, I think, I feel like Orlando is completely inscrutable. Because they they've seemed like they've drafted a lot of height in the past. Yeah. But then is that a reason? And that hasn't worked out. So is that a reason not to do it again? I, I don't know. I feel like Oklahoma City would I feel like Chet Holmgren Definitely. is like perfect for them. Yeah. So I feel like there's no way he's dropping right. to to three. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if Oklahoma City 
I don't know who they would choose. If Chet goes number one, I don't know who they would take. I don't know point. either. I, I could definitely see them going with Bancaro just because they would just decide we're going to take who we think it has the best upside. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Which would make, you'd be happy only a few weeks away. Jabari. This is like, I know. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. This is uh it's a great time of year to be a sports fan. Um, because you got the hockey playoffs. Uh, the Rangers unfortunately lost their last two games, and I think this is. I think I think they're not getting past Tampa. Yeah. However, I, I don't think yeah, I ahead. don't think they're getting past Tampa. If they do get past Tampa, man, the Lanch are looking. <clears throat> they're looking tough. Yeah, but the one thing about the Lanch is you can score on them. They don't have they don't have the goaltending that Tampa has. They don't have the defensive scheming that Carolina had. Uh, but the Rangers, you know, I, I thought they were done against Carolina too, uh, especially when they lost the first two games. I think Carolina is a better team than them, and I think Tampa is a better team than them. Mm. Just the Rangers can, in a series, be the better team four times out of seven. And, uh, but they, look, look, they're, they're, they're like the Boston Celtics in a way. Like, I think they, they are set up to make a a run of a few years of being a really competitive team. I don't know if it's coaching or what, but their power play is amazing, but they're even, this is not a hot take. Their even strength is terrible. They cannot generate scoring opportunities. They get no like odd man rushes. They're just, they're just kind of like, in a standstill until they get a power play, which is just you, you, unlike Tampa, which I don't know. I think that I, from my untrained hockey watching eye, what happens is one or one or yeah, like one of the forwards for Tampa will kind of not go back as far on defense so that they have these opportunity to make these like long, almost like transition passes uh, from their own zone where the Rangers, they never have opportunities like that. So that's where they are. That's why the Rangers. I think they like they were they were number one in the NHL this year in wins when they were outshot, which at like thirty one wins when they got outshot. And like every game against Carolina, I think every game against Tampa, they're getting outshot by a lot. And like Shostakins keeping them in it because he's amazing. But then aside from that, like yeah, these other teams are just outplaying them, except on the power play. Yeah, so I don't know, but having a chance to go up three games to zero would have been. They were they were up. They had that chance. Yeah, letting it, letting it slip away. I feel like that just hangs in your mind, right? Yeah. Like you're just like, oh shit. And then you lose the next game, and it's like, wait, we could have gone up three zero. Now yeah. it's two two. And I knew they were and, losing game four before the yeah. game started. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I hope they can. I hope they can pull it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Lancers yeah, are amazing. They have one of the best players in hockey, uh, and they could score. I mean, they played Edmonton, who's easy to score on. Yes. But, yes. And Edmonton scored quite a few goals too mm-hmm. um, in a couple of the games, at least. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. I would love it if the Rangers broke through. It's chance to end the John Blue curse. That's right. It's, uh, that's right. But that might be, I mean, you've got two baseball teams now 
who uh, look like they, they'll at least be in the, they'll probably both be in the playoffs as of now. It looks like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then here come the Knicks. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Trade be- up for Jaden Jaden Ivy, and then then we got it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's all I have. Um, next year, sports fans, if you get a chance, watch Con- watch Connor McDavid. He is he is just exciting. He's mesmerizing. Uh, all right. Any final words, thoughts? Um. Yeah, I think like. This is we're recording on Thursday night, mm-hmm. as you as you said. This is a big night for um, outside of sports. It's a big night for America. I think um, people should tune in to the uh, January sixth stuff. Right. I think that is that is going live at eight o'clock Eastern tonight, and then it's going to carry on for I don't know how long, but. Yeah. So is it, are they starting hearings tonight? I mean, or are they just like the, releasing the, their this, Yeah, findings? these are the, the, the broadcast starts at eight o'clock tonight. Um, and so like they're going, I think this is the, I think these are just the, the yeah, yeah, this is the first stuff that's getting televised and yeah, the thing it's important. I think, and wherever you are on the political spectrum, I mean, whether you're, you know, Republican, Democrat or, one of the made up ones that only makes sense on paper, like communist or libertarian, the um, like, you gotta, you gotta respect the rule of law. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta respect. And also if you want to try and overthrow the government. Okay. Oh my God. There are consequences. See the quote from Jack Del Rio. Oh God. What, what a shithead. Yeah. And what, like, like, this is, He's he's making the false equivalencies like because this these January six hearings it's not about vandalism it's not that these people are in trouble for breaking a window at Congress versus you know maybe burning down you know burning down a church it's not about which one was more vandalism it's about an insurrection against the government led yeah. by actual politicians. Yes, and, and yes. abetted by politicians, but. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I I hope there are consequences because otherwise the rule of law doesn't matter. Um, I don't think there will be consequences in terms of like how it will affect the midterm elections, but hopefully at least some people involved face legal consequences. Right, right. And part of what, like, let's not forget, you know, we lionized the, the founders and whatever. Like part of what made them awesome was they were all going to get freaking hanged. If it didn't work out, right? <laughs> yeah. George, George Washington would have been like he would have been executed. Yeah, as a like as a traitor to the crown, right? Like these guys, you know, they put it all on the line. Yeah, and and so and if you're gonna try and overthrow the government, all right, but you gotta know you're putting that, it on the line. If the government ends up winning, that there are freaking consequences, and so yeah, let's let's make it happen so people you know tune in like just kind of be be informed i yeah. guess about yeah. what, what really went on don't listen to the jack del rios or let things like what jack del rio says inspire you to go huh that guy's really stupid so what he's saying is probably wrong yeah so let me go like dig into this That's this is the same guy who once hacked his own leg from 
chopping wood or what let's keep chopping wood um by like he well, did, he that, did was, that he did that as like a he was demonstrating to the team something about chopping oh yeah wood. it was like it, well the whole stunt was they were losing i think this is when he was coaching the jaguars yeah. they were losing because jack lurios lost at every possible stint right um and and he was like, he was like, yeah, we're just going to keep chopping wood. We're going to keep at it, keep at it. And so he brought in an ax and like a big log or something like that. And I think someone chopped into their leg. No legs were chopped off, but there, right. there were definitely accidents. That okay. That, that should tell you all you need to know. Jack Del Rio. God, just shut your mouth. Jack oh. ass Del Rio. That's more like that it. That is Thank more you, like it. Well said. All right. I'll, I'm at Larry the Athlete on all social media. And you could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder.